Baseball season's almost here, and there's never been a better time to check out DraftKings.com, America's favorite daily fantasy baseball site, where you could win huge cash prizes every day. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitment. Every time you play, it's like a new season. Head to DraftKings.com now and use code ATHLETE to play for free in the opening day $100,000 fantasy baseball contest. First place takes home ten grand. Enter ATHLETE for free entry now at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Hey, this is Brian. Uh, the episode will start in a second with Big J Okerson. Uh, I, I want to say th- this episode, um, this is going to be part one of, of what will be a, a two-parter. And uh, this gets intense and it gets personal. And, um, you know, I, I spoke to Jay about it and he was like, no, no, I want this to be out there. Uh, he's like, I want it to be out there so I can um, deconstruct it on my own podcast and make fun of myself for uh, getting this worked up and emotional. And we agree that we do a part two very soon. So uh, enjoy this episode. Uh, know that Jay and I rode the subway afterwards together uh, downtown, and, uh, and everything was fine. It's all fine. But uh, I love Big Jay. He's one of my favorite comedians, and uh, I so appreciate his openness and honesty uh, on this podcast. All right, enjoy. And now, The Moment with Brian Koppelman. Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. Thanks for listening. Uh, today's guest is Big J Ogerson, who is one of my favorite comedians and somebody whose work I have loved for a long time. Uh, I first met him, I think, in 2006 or seven when I would watch him l- many nights in a row when I was uh, trying to do stand-up in New York, and I would watch Jay close many shows. His approach to comedy is different than anybody else's currently working, and I think his approach to life uh, is as well. Uh, I've had a bunch of questions I've wanted to ask him for a long time, and uh, I'm going to try to get into some of that stuff today. I also want to say uh, thanks so much for the emails you guys send um, and notes and tweets. I read every single one. I've been shooting um, my TV pilot uh, along with my partners, David Levine and Andrew Ross Sorkin, uh, and so I've been working 14, 15, 16-hour days. So I've read the emails, but I haven't been able to respond, but I promise I will respond soon and, and know that... Uh, that each one means a lot to me, um, and uh, and I, I write back when I can, and I, I promise to get through all of them. And uh, the email address is themomentbk at gmail.com. Big J Okerson will be here soon, and um, I'm really excited about it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Big J in a sec. So you and Soder are, uh, you and Dan Soder are, are in the process of, of getting a show going on Sirius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've done a bunch of them. It went well, and the very, very well. Yeah. And, and then and now, there's just given the specifics. No matter, but the it's being held up by certain contractual issues. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good, you know. And that's why you need people because I don't know. Like I just would go, sure. But is it, yeah, <laughs> go, everything in your life uh, files down to being this radio show for the next year. I just go, okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm wrong. I mean, I know that I'm wrong. Well, why? Why? Well, maybe not because you're no, no, saying. I, you know, it's funny. I don't think I'm wrong. And what it is I'm looking for, but here's the thing. If I, I think radio is where I will find something that's going to really click for me. I think that's going to be big uh, for me in my life. Maybe I'll have bigger things come, but in my mind, like I could be huge in radio. And uh, I say that now because it is how I feel. However, if they go, you know, you just got offered, like, you know, fourth billing in the next, in the Hangover 4. You know what I mean? Like, 
Oh, and then you're stuck. If, on the if radio I can't do show. that because of the radio thing, that would stink. Yeah, but there's so, an yeah. argument to be made that 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 um, that some of the sometimes the people who are like making whose job it is to sort of try to protect you contractually and the rest of it, you know, they're they're still operating under rules that applied more five or ten years ago, and the world has has shifted in that. Sure, we all have to give away content now before before in order to demonstrate value now you kind of have to do the thing get a big following and then finally be able to say it's crazy yeah <laughs> but doesn't it feel like that differently? no no it's absolutely true it's it, it's even at it's on the rawest level of just live performance stand-up you know it was funny to watch uh like so, like, like a such a seasoned veteran and and consummate pro like david tell have to watch him almost through watching me as a guy who opened for him on the road for for years and years and still sometimes does, you know, yeah. um, to watch him go like his confusion at why I wasn't just headlining. Do you know what I mean? He's like, he's like, how are you still going on the road with me? Why aren't you headlining? And the answer to that question is like, oh, because I'm not a TV star yet. I don't have like, you know, 50 TV credits and because that is what you need. When you hear Dave or Louis CK, I even believe like when they're interviewed, it's very interesting how they talk about a, a process that I don't understand at all, which was, well, in comedy, you do comedy for a while. You get you know better at it and better, and you work yourself up to, like, you know, your locally hosting and whatever. And if you're in New York at this point, when you're in New York, you work your way through the clubs. And while you're working the clubs during the weekdays and you have an hour of material together, you simply go on the road. Right. That's what happens is, like, okay, I have an hour of material. Time to start headlining improvs. I mean, and, you know, well, yeah, I've had they, improv bookers cackle at me because I go, well, what are your credits? So, I'm, you know, back when I'm like, I just did premium blend or whatever. And they're, they're laughing at you. They're like, how is that going to sell out seven shows at the, for some reason, 500-seat complex we've built here in West Palm Beach right. or, I mean, you, or you, one of five? You feel you, you slightly yeah. missed it? You think you missed a certain window where just doing comedy really well let you graduate up like the way that sure, Louis yeah. or Gaffigan or a generation of people did it. And even bef- and, and even maybe before the uh, – even like a generation of guys before even the Attell and Louis C.K. came. I mean that was a time – I mean they made that whole – that whole movie punchline was based around the notion that – and it was sort of true I think that you did The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. You're in show business, man. Yes. If you were a housewife who got – you know. A Brett Butler or something, and you got your shot on the Tonight Show. That was it, man. You weren't. They were looking at you for a sitcom. You were, I mean, those things. Now, somebody was it DC Benny? I think maybe made a comment to me that I thought was very interesting. When I was, we did some show on Showtime called uh, White Boys in the Hood. It was yeah. a stand-up show, but it was uncensored. My first uncensored set on television, which was a big deal to me to have that because I knew I would go kill, or at least I had the confidence that I could. Yeah. Go kill in that snare. I wasn't changing anything to be TV friendly and working within parameters. It was you could be you know, just short of going out there and doing hate speech. <laughs> like right. I can go out there and do whatever I wanted to do. And um, but I was kind of like you know taking it very like I mean I wear shorts on it, which isn't super out of character for I still worn shorts on right. big things before. But almost the point where it wasn't like nothing in my mind was going like do I dress? Do I go buy an outfit for this? It was like I'm gonna wear my T-shirt. I'm gonna be me. I think I ended up turning a T-shirt inside out because they wouldn't let me use the logo or something. I mean, I think that's how I performed on an inside out T-shirt. And um, in not taking it seriously, I was saying uh, DC Benny was nervous or something. He was showing some some sense of like, oh man, he's like going yeah. through a set, and I'm like, man, what do you like? It's just stupid, uncensored 
Showtime, like late night Showtime show. No one cares about this. And he goes, well, this is actually better at this point now. Something like this is better than like a Tonight Show or something because there's the there's the 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 pageantry that goes with the Tonight Show or like you know the the kudos you feel like you get like the validation from on your piece of paper that says I was on the Tonight Show. Oh, right, it is. But he goes, but. One night, people see that who see it if they stay, if they hang into the very end of the show and all that, they see that. But White Boys in the Hood will run on Showtime. It'll be on Showtime in demand, and then it'll go to DVD, and it'll live on like that, and it's just kind of always there floating around. Your Tonight Show appearance really isn't. And uh, he was like, so take it. Like, you know, like, look at those sets as holding some value. The, the problem with that is, like, where do you stop putting that value in something so, like, down the food chain. Like, that's why I said the Showtime specials now. Like, if if you did, like, a solo show in the Showtime bar, like, it looked like at a point they would buy anything. So, you, you know what I mean? Like, you, people have asked me oftentimes, like, why don't I have an hour? And they go, just do it with Showtime. And right, it's like, yeah. You're a little buried well, I between, wonder why like, you uh, know, I mean, but, it, well, yeah, why you don't have an hour is a good question. It no one's ever offered, <laughs> like, quite honestly, in, uh, in my hunt for it, I have, uh, I mean, realistically, I, I have management... And uh, and agents that I love both very much, and and they're doing a thing. But like when I push the point for a special, they they really seem to want it to be Comedy Central. And I just kind of keep saying like Comedy Central, just like it's they're they're never going to be okay with what I want to do. And and well, I so yeah, so I I wonder about this. I mean, you started, you said a couple seconds ago. Talking about why serious radio matters to you, that you said you think that radio can really be a place that you can get to an, a next level for yourself sure, professionally, yeah, yeah. Be- because why radio? Yeah, because it ties uh, into this all. Because all the funny that I am is is completely. Uh, it's like all the core of it is just in the interaction of life. Like I, I, I'm a person on a. If you know I'm a six-sided dice, like five of those sides are funny, and one of them's right. like, and, and by, unfortunately, one of them's like manic, depressive, tragic, hopeless, dep- you know, bad. Like I, I, it's, it's, it sucks. Actually, it's a terrible person. Maybe even two of the sides are, are more that, but genuinely, I basically, kinda, one's funny. Five of the yeah, sides. Yeah, <laughs> now it's just one. Funny, the rest are terrible. No, but I mean, I, I definitely have all those like those negative like qualities. Not too, but but as far as my thought process, at my saddest. I still think of like the, you know, is that little voice in the head that still even goes like, God, you know, it would be a terrible thing to say right now. <laughs> like, right. do you know what I mean? At, at my saddest, at my absolute saddest, like, what's the funny? You know what I mean? It's just something about it. It's like my mind operates that way. So the I don't spontaneity of doing basically radio, being able to be commenting on exactly what you're feeling and what you're seeing is what you think. Just. And, I, and I, I've watched – I got a, an opportunity over the last few years to really go into uh, the show Ron and Fez, which uh, you're familiar with. That of course. Right? Yeah, they're great. I, they're fantastic. They and, had a feud with my sister. Remember, they had a feud with my oh, little yeah, sister yeah, yeah, for a yeah, while. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. That's right. But they love each other, and then they yeah. decided they had for a minute a, a feud. So, yes, I know them. They're great. But they're uh, – it's an amazing show. And they go on there and just I, – I'll say for the record, I don't know what Ron Bennington's uh, – like preparation processes or how prepped he is for show. He has a good team around him. And when he comes in, what I feel at least from him, and I, it's something I think that p- hopefully we share 
and his is much more honed than mine possibly. Or maybe mine is just as honed because I do stand-up so much. And I do it that way, kind of off the cuff and whatever. But I see a guy who goes in there, and to me it feels like the preparation is like, hey, everyone, grab a couple YouTube clips that you saw yesterday that are crazy, and let's take a couple phone calls, and we'll talk about three topics in the news. And just like from that, like, turn the phone lines on, and let's just go, and let's go make hilarious radio for a couple hours. And I just feel uh, nothing about that scares me. Do you know what I mean? With all those things about, like, the nerves, nervous energy of things, and... And what you're going to do, and when I did, uh, when I'm, when you're out of your comfort zone, naturally you're, you're nervous and you're scared. But for some reason, that environment just doesn't scare me. I'm very at home, and I'm very like, yeah, let's go be hilarious. And and uh, to pay homage, like uh, Soder, yes, is the person I am best with in that. And I have lots of friends. I do Legion of Skanks podcast. My yes. buddies, it's gaining huge steam. It's it's bigger than ever now. The demand for it's up. It's uh that could possibly be making us money at some time in the very near future, it seems. Um, and we wrote a script, me and those guys that I, that I love. And I, yeah, I, stand, I sat I stand, with you guys stand, when we yeah, were, you know, absolutely, Nat, absolutely. Uh, listen to your, you guys start to break it down. Yeah. It's a really good idea. And we, uh, well, we have a script, you know, we, we wrote a script. Oh, don't ever uh, give it to me. That's I what everyone, by the way, all everyone said to me was like, give this script. You know, uh, oh, give I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't everyone ju- said give Cobham in the script. I don't want to jump off uh, Go subject ahead. too much. Say what? What do you want to but, say? Uh, but I was going to say, people said to say it because I was like, it was funny. So two weeks ago, I was in Indianapolis. Yeah. Crackers. And I did Bob and Tom's radio show. And it was the worst radio appearance I've ever had in my life, ever. <laughs> I've never had people treat me so shitty. They were... Maybe mad because they ask they they want bits set up in bits, which is the, the worst kind of radio in the world. You mean they tried to get you ahead of time to do set up in bits? Yeah, right. Jay, tell us three things. We'll ask you three questions. Be funny. Three jokes, five jokes they wanted. They go five jokes set ups. I go, my jokes are not going to be okay on radio, man. Like, and they're just my jokes are more conceptual. Like it's just like I don't have much. Uh, well, you don't jo- do that right now. I, mean, I guess like you know if, if you want. <laughs> I mean, if I'm trying to think of like joke fragments, it's almost like saying, like, ask me uh, why I don't shave my ball hair. Right. Like, you're not going to no. ask me that on Bob and Tom. You know what I mean? Why so, don't you? Uh, because I like to play. It's a whole thing. <laughs> why don't it's you a, like to shave your ball hair? I do shave my ball hair. Okay, I, say, but if, 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 um, but I think if, we're all relieved. If we're going for just straight jokes, so I'm saying sure. like, that's like something I've said on stage. It's funny. Okay, like so that. they're there. They're telling you do bits. And uh, I, I just and it wasn't even an argument. I just go, my bits aren't going to work. And I go, but I go, if you want to go, here's like five facts about me. And I basically go, it's like my facts. Like I have a daughter. She's 12 years old. If you want to ask me. You know, looking the way I look, you want to ask me about that. I used to bounce for strippers uh, slash uh, kids' birthday parties. I would go dressed as characters, same company. I, I'm, 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 I'm in the process of getting divorced. I feel, you know, these things going on in my life, if you want to ask me about it. And I'm open book. A lot of guys wouldn't say I'm in the process of going through divorce right now because I don't right. have anything funny about it. I'm just if you want to ask me what that's like, I'm like, I don't know. It's okay right now, but I'm sure she's going to hate my gut. You know, and we'll talk about it. Maybe one of those guys divorced. I, my belief in myself is that we'll just be funny. But either way, they they just treated me like they would do things. And I know we can't, you can't see this. Uh, this is only audio. But like the idea, as I said, that's why maybe I should have like maybe a more professional person would have handled it differently. But these guys would go. Uh, so uh, they say, it says uh, here you have a you have a twelve year old daughter, huh? And then he would just like go and start doing something. You know what I mean? Like just like and I'm not like, listening to you, and I'm not engaging. Him, just yet, yeah, I'm just like what Jay just did was mime the guy looking like to put a card in on the yeah, radio for exactly. the next commercial it, it, spot. No, no bullshit. Like literally looking at right. CDs and yeah. stuff for bits yeah. he's gonna play in a minute. That's great. You're telling him you can talk, ask me about. You're saying to the guy, ask me this deep question about my twelve year old. I look like a biker. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm obviously, but I think I have. 
and and uh, my divorce, and he's not present. He just goes. He basically only talked to the audience. I'm right. not even saying he's not listening. Maybe he's that much of a pro. Either way, the the coldness I felt in that room, the lack of warmth, I should even say, was yeah. just like palpable. It was awful. I I, I hated it. And uh, even the goodbye handshake was that of like a look away, barely made a thing with me. And I went and I, uh, and it went against very, my, my, you know what's funny? It talk, you know, we talk about six sided dice. One thing about me is also with a coin flip, the 50 yeah. 50, is if I'm like raging hostile or walking away feeling like I just got bent over a fing stool. Right. You know what I mean? And, I really felt that way there. And when I got, in the, and the thing, my, my, my thought process behind that was, they're, they they treated me like I, I should have, my instinct was to be like, I felt in there. I actually like, maybe if you turn the volume up really loud, you could hear me go, um, yeah, I used to drive, you know, good question. Yeah, it goes, they, they, the company that I used to drive strippers for during the day, they would send me out to do kids' birthday parties. Uh, okay. Like, you hear me do stuff like that because the guy's not looking at me anymore. He's I'm not like, giving you anything. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, you know, seeing a guy my size dressed like Elmo at an all black kid's birthday party. You know, I'm just like, it's just like trailing like that because I'm like, I don't get what's happening here. Like, why are these I guys must mad? Have felt humiliating. Humiliating. And I get, but it's Crackers, the big club. The lady who owns Crackers loves me. Notoriously, people are like, she's a tough chick to deal with. Remember where, you'll remember where you are in the story. Sure. Because I just want to say, for you to feel that sense of humiliation when all, what you do, the thing that's so touching yeah. about what you do, is you go on stage totally vulnerable and open. You're willing, and the thing that um, has always moved me so much, and I have so many questions about how you do what you do and why, is like, you're fighting to be, it seems to me you're trying to be hyper-present, hyper-alive, hyper-connected. Totally. And so, of course, you know, you're there ready to do the thing that is your, if you have an art form, right, it's, some guys, it's writing jokes and spending two years on the same to get four words sure. right about the toaster oven. And I'm on Bob and Tom, 128 markets, huge. I, I, Everyone talks about right. it. They made Berbiglia's career sure. and all and, these and things. And your thing is to get in there and uh, hope that by being honest and real and present and engaging with somebody, something that you've never thought of or said before will come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll um, be true and, and funny mm-hmm. and um, and then, and out of that, you'll be able to escape from like uh, the misery that you're in. Yeah, right? at some point, yeah, we're going to talk about some news, maybe whatever it's going to be. And it just never, it never happens. So you're on your way to the club. You leave. You know, you got the club that night. Well, we, and, and well, so I said the, the, the lady who runs Crackers, uh, Ruth Ann, who I find to be a lovely woman who loves me. She just, she really enjoys my comedy, whatever. But I'm sure she would even uh, laugh, and I'm sure is quite aware that Nosen's like a notorious like person who some people are like, man, she could be mean. That's a tough. You know right. what I mean? Like, and she is a tough, you know what I mean? But I have this thing. And, and, and so because, as we discussed earlier, I'm only a few years into like, and I still don't even feel like when they're like, of course, Jay's going to come headline here every year. Every year I get the gig again. I'm like, right. all right, I did another good job. You know, a little more people showed up this time. We sold out one show of the six and the other five were like, okay. And, but the shows were, you know, right. All these things I'm worrying about, and I don't want to lose what I have, you know what I mean, so far. And I don't want to lose the gigs I got. So Bob and Tom's a big show. If we were doing, like, you know, Shecky and the Buzz in the morning somewhere on, a, you know, Cleveland's Rock 101, you know. Right. But this is Bob and Tom. And, and I'm not familiar with the show other than I know Bob and Tom's show. I don't know the bits. I don't. I never listened to the show. I never got it. I, 
I mean, I never got I like I never picked it up. I don't. I don't know the show either. It's not something. I but it's huge. I, yeah, I, I got that part. But I'm saying it's right. not something that me, you know, me living either. here. It's just not something I listen. Not to. My th- not my thing at all. Yeah. So, um, when I was in there, I just, I just made this call where I was like, "This is this club's thing." The fact that they have this huge show and they have like local access to it with all their comics, like I just thought in the moment, I'm like, I don't want to f- this up. This chick is like, you know, I guess I feel like she's always could be a hair trigger away from like hating me sure. and me being a person going like, man, that's a mean chick. She hates me now. Right. And it was against all my instincts because even in that moment, I was like, when I'm going like, okay, I guess we're not going to finish that conversation. In my head, I'm going like. They can make radio history right now, dude. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, in my head, I'm like, Wait, I said, I could just go and like, let me fucking just dress down. Yeah, why didn't you do it? I just didn't want to lose that club. I didn't know. I don't know. I don't know. But either way, from the moment I left, when we got in the car, she said to me, she was like, I don't know what's going on there. She was the vibe in that room is wrong. I heard you on it. Goes, I know you're brilliant and hilarious. I don't know why they didn't go to you. They didn't really seem, they seemed cold and shut down to you. And, and she's right. You know, and I was. And you think you didn't somehow? And right there, I was just kind of like, I should have done. It. Right there, was when I was like, I should have done it, and I was really, it was, it was, it was hurting in me. So this all comes full circle to what I was saying about the uh, the script, the script thing. Yeah, like you don't want to read the script, or don't, don't give it to you. Was so I get there, and I call Soder. Yeah. Soder goes, oh yeah, man. He's like, that's. I, I think I'm gonna say, I go, dude, that's the worst radio of my. It's, it's, it's consuming me. I think he was even like he was Bob and Tom. I got an indie, right? I'm right. like, yeah. He goes, dude, those guys, me too, man. They treated me like there's no, they don't look at you. There's no, it's awful. And we started having this whole conversation. I'm like, yeah. So we talked about 15 minutes. And I'm almost going through it like, just like, I mean, literally like the, where you feel like, that, like your body thing, that warmth of like, uh, like that feeling of just like rage. You know what I mean? Where like, man, I, there's nothing I can do about this. Twitter's a waste of time for something like that. They're just not going to reach him the right way. You know what I mean? And then, uh, and, and you know, to be continued, there's we have, we have some good plans for that. <laughs> we're gonna handle that, which is not so. That's much more calming. But in the moment, Soda goes, uh, "I just finished listening. If you want to feel good about yourself, uh, pop on." He goes, "Koppelman's uh, podcast with Schumer. They call you a genius." So I'm like, "Cool." And then you know, as a comic who I said who's not, I don't make a ton of money, and I don't, you know, I, I I am where I am in the business, and and have what I have. What's funny was you guys didn't mention he didn't know, tell me where it was, so it's the very end of the of the. Oh no! So you're listening like an hour and so a half. I listen, to, I listen to how great Amy's doing for an hour and twenty five thirty minutes, and then I go and so so what Soder says it was so funny because when I called him back he goes oh yeah yeah I probably should have said they said that too because it says uh, and I said before you guys are and I love you and this is not even a critique it's me it's my own well, the way I take things but it's also like the perception that I hope is not or I can explain better than like because you said uh. I think she said I was a genius, and you said, I was, and you're like one of the funniest I guys ever. And, and that, I remember yeah. you, you use your example. You're like, where you'll, you'll walk up to me, and before I go on, I'll be like, what do you want me to talk about? And then I'll go do it and have a good. And you're like, but one of the comments was, he goes, if he just put in like a little bit of work, even. And that's what I said. That took, like, when I was already bummed by the Bob and Tom, that took the wind right out of my sails. Oh, no. So I was just kind of like, dude, I put in a lot. I was like, I, you know, I had a, I just, I made, in my career, and this is not a regrets, and I'm fine with everything the way it is. And, and, and I think, Whatever slow my path was, was why you'd be hard-pressed to find a comic who matters at all, or any, any comic that I respect very much, that wouldn't say they respect my comedy. If I, That's right. And I don't know if that would be, uh, I don't know if that would be the case with that the way it was, but when my daughter was born and where I was and just like the, and, and, and the, and the lack, yeah, you know what's funny? 
there, I may, there's definitely an argument to be made for putting in more work for a lot of things I did. However, the problem was my personal passion and goals never changed from the first kind of like day or or two I did comedy. And that was like, I was like, oh, I'm going to do comedy because comedy's so fun. I didn't have an end game at uh, being in a sitcom or being in movies or anything like that. And, and I guess you're supposed to. I guess that's supposed to change. Because Soder will even say, where it, where it says it's interesting how Soder's people are protecting the possibility, the very real possibility that Soder's going to become a huge television and movie star. Well, he should very, be that. Very, yeah. real possibility. He should be those, those things. things, yeah. Um, they're protecting that. Like, it, this is this difference uh, that me and Soder have. And it's, neither one of them are wrong. I'm just saying if you go, Oh, yeah, start this radio thing. Like, in five years in radio, you'll be making, like, you know, you'll be making half a million, three-quarters of a million dollars a year, and you do this radio show. Even if, you know, you got to wake up at 4 in the morning to do radio at 6 a.m. or whatever. You're, you're taking over. You're the new Howard Stern-esque Opie Anthony guy. Right. I'd be like, uh, but you're not going to do movies or a sitcom or something. i got to go, yeah, sure. No yeah, problem. you're fine with that. No problem. Well, whatsoever. Dan, I would say this, and Dan uh, was one of the early guests on this podcast, and I don't know if it's available on iTunes. I'll try to get it back up, but you can definitely stream. Uh, if you just put in uh, Brian Cobbman, Dan Soder, it'll definitely come up. Uh, and, and, you know, Soder is a purist about stand-up. It's sure. just the opportunities are coming to him are, are for him to do all this other stuff, and I think he really does wrestle with it because all he respects and gives it – I mean, all he really cares about is that the jokes are great. Yeah, yeah. He just wants to be great at stand-up and hopes mm-hmm. that all the rest of it will give him a bigger platform for, for stand-up. I oh, think. absolutely true. Which, by the way, is, is also the, is the same thing I feel with radio. Because I said I did comedy to do comedy. But I feel like, I feel like radio is doing comedy. I but, think it's, it's stand-up comedy It, it, it is, masses. but here, let, let's, let's, let's get into this thing, though, because mm-hmm. if, I, if I said something that made you feel bad, I feel uh, bad about that. I'd feel worse about it if I hadn't said the same thing to you personally, like sure, when we sure, had sure. coffee sure, together. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and, and it is a lot of what I've been curious about because... Well, can I say a sentence real yeah, quick? Yeah, go. The sentence I just want to say is like, why I think I took issue with it just that day, especially because I was already feeling yeah, down about the Take thing. issue with it. But the, we can the, turn this into an episode of WTF if you want. <laughs> we can really go right at it. Hard-hitting issues. Yeah. No, the issue I take was because like, I, I, I know what's – I know the good intention. And I know what's meant by the comment uh, of work hard enough. But what I wanted to do was stand-up comedy when I started doing stand-up comedy. That's always what I wanted to do. And – I'd argue you'd have a hard time finding somebody who's worked harder at stand-up comedy. Now, I know, not harder, where, like, what I don't do, I don't sit every day and write for four uh, hours I, a day. Yeah, but the- so that's not true. But working for, like, I will still go on seven shows a night on a weekend, and no one else is doing Well, that. yeah, look, yeah. the thing you do, but here's why, uh, what I mean. I know what I've given this, you know, because when I first met you, um, you know, I was trying to do stand-up. I was trying to figure the thing out. For whatever reason, I, I, uh, it's funny, you know, I, I did it for a year and a half. I was in the clubs all the time. I was old when I was doing it. I was 40 and I was like, uh, I had to sort of like prove something or break something open so I could keep writing because I was stuck in a screenplay and knew that it was like, I, I had to do it. And, and the other night, two nights ago, I was on, uh, Seth Meyers. I was on late night with Seth Meyers and, uh, you panel it? Yeah. And I never, really? yeah. And, um, it was awesome. And, you know, I haven't gone up on stage and done stand-up in, I'm 48, in uh, probably eight, uh, seven years or six years. And just the fact that I did it for a year and a half let me walk out there 
You know, I wasn't there to tell jokes, though I sure. did prepare, and I was paneling, and we had a great time, and I was on for six minutes. And What were you on the po- like For the podcast and for what I... He really? just asked me to do the show. That's and huge. I love him, and I was That's thrilled so great, to do it. Man. It was incredible. Congrats! Thank you. It was incredible and great thing to do. I know, I know you've written such huge movies and part of that, but that's like, but like paneling uh, on a thing is pretty. No, no, pretty it huge. was amazing, and and I'll tell you, getting what was amazing about it was the moment that the doors open and you walk out. You know, the adrenaline. I haven't talked about the the adrenaline is like no other feeling I've ever had in my life. Um, sure. And I know that having done stand up prepared me for it in a way that you you wouldn't. If you hadn't done it, I know the reason I was able to get through it. Oh yeah, was that I, wall of eyes alone? You're just like, okay, I've been, I've been, I've been I felt here, this yeah. I've done it, I've bombed, sure. I've lived after bombing. I know what that whole thing is. And then he, Seth's just incredibly nice and um, bombing sets and staying you up. in the building is such a thing. That's what I'm saying. I bombed and too. hung in there, stay there, yeah, like right there. But when I would watch you, this is what I was going to say. In the, uh, you know, you were the the in the sort of because when you're young, you know, as a comic, which I was, even though I was an old person, you know, you're going on when you get to the place where they'll put you up. I'm going on at twelve thirty one in the morning. You were the king of that. You were the king of those uh, clubs, and I would, I would watch you, and you were the funniest person. There was, you know, a lot of nights you were like the funniest guy in New York. But because I had this other. Uh, life right and because i've been somebody who's been toiling and and gotten to do things in 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 this business i would look and i would be like uh jay has all the raw materials to be as big a star as he wants to be if he could only like really believe it about himself like i know you you can walk out on a stage and kill but then if someone said to me which I would, this would be frustrating. I would see you, and I would see you, this was back when you were doing that thing. It was sort of like more improv-y than, than just um, now where you're doing all the crowd work, where you would say, tell me where you're from, and you would like, you could basically tell people something about every country in yeah, the yeah, world, yeah, yeah. this whole thing. Sure. But I would- But that was rehearsed also. I know. You would practice, yes. Yeah. That was, uh, you knew where to go and how to do that, and it was mm-hmm. some sort of hybrid yeah. thing. In fact, you know what's funny? That bit. It's on my first album, uh, a version of it. That 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 was funny enough because it's it's weird. I still feel it, and I love it. Like now, my favorite thing to have happen on stage is a subject come up that's weirdly serious. My only opinion about it is something serious, but just jumping into it on stage. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Just like, and I, I kind of like that, even where it's like a. Whatever, if it's the the cat calling thing, like I didn't have anything. Fu- I, I one night I talked about on stage in a kill, whatever it was. I, I think I took the you DVD. Mean cat calling on the uh, the thing with the girl walking through the street. Sure. Cat call. I didn't address it in many ways. I mean, we did it on our podcast, but on stage I didn't really write anything about it. But one day I just got it with a chick who brought it up in the audience, and I didn't have anything funny prepared for. They just go on it's like it's like, why do you think that's a problem to walk through town and. A, in a sexy dress, and a bunch of people tell you you're hot. I mean, like where you walk, you know. And I started explaining now. The funny comes, just like we said before, even though, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this, am I angriest with yeah. somebody? If you just break down, and I'm, and I'm cursing and yelling at somebody, if you just break down the words I'm saying, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're in a fight with someone, the, 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 yeah, the, the common should... person goes like, come on, mother where if I'm in a fight, I'd really be like, it's like what do you want to do, face? Right. Which is just naturally funnier words. Uh, phonetically, it's you know what I mean yeah. like the cadence of those words. It just sounds funnier, and um, 
So like what I used to do, uh, well, I said now I kind of will, will walk that fine line. What I would do with the countries joke, asking people where they're from, especially the club. We were at Stamp New York together a lot. That's where yeah. we were. And uh, very foreign audience. They they they, they ticket and yeah. Times so they, you'd say where you're from, and uh, let's say somebody said Denmark. But but exactly that was that. But that's what we did before I got to that. I start telling the ones that I'd rehearsed. So I have, I believe, uh, it was like Poland was like. And by the way, Poland was just a thinly veiled, stupid Polak jokes. That's what sure. they were. You know what I mean? Like uh, she's holding a. They're all hold, they're all wearing a shawl and holding a baby. And yeah, you would say, let me I'd tell say, you about your. You say, let me tell you yeah. about your. And they always had a shawl. There was always no lady with a shawl holding a baby. And then I think like Poland was like a simple like holding a loaf of bread. She <laughs> believes to be a baby, and it's just like you know. But but that was to me that was all like uh, that was autopilot. What I'm doing in, while I'm on autopilot, and Nate Bargatze made this analogy once that I love. Not even an analogy. He just broke down, like, three voices in your head while you're doing comedy. Like, the one in the moment, the one scanning, the one thinking about what you can segue into of your own material, or is it going to come off this person? Is there someone talking? Do I have that guy over there? Why is he talking? Why is right. he ordering? And meanwhile, it's your like mouth, you're becoming Jason Bourne a comedy somehow. Yeah, your mouth's still moving, uh, you know, saying the words you just know you're supposed to say. And what was going on in that was like, uh, I'm saying those autopilot words I know, and then thinking when someone says, do you know what I mean? In Denmark, and it's like something, you know, you work at the at the spa where they Q-tip out cheese under from under your foreskin, you know, <laughs> spa or something, you know, whatever, like the... right. Stupid thing is, you're going to say, but but that, I, I would kind of give myself. The thing would be, you'd say, so you'd say, tell me about. You'd say, I'll I'll tell I, you about your life. You'd say, to right, them, right, but they'll give me, but I, but it would all come off of that. But I would just like take that one, and I always had the escapes where as soon as I said, uh, old lady wearing a shawl holding a baby, would always get the laugh again. So there's so many safety nets, and what's beautiful now is like the watching the evolution of that become where it's like there's no safety. You have no now. safety. I'm, net I'm now. just not worried about it. in my mind. Off of Patrice's words, which I have quoted on a lot of radio before, but it's just the thing. It's like I'm just my only. Con- I'm not confident that I'm a good-looking person. When I see myself on tape, a lot of times I'm unhappy with it. It's all kinds of things like that of lack of confidence. But I'm just confident in the conversation. It, it will be funny, man. Like it'll happen. So it's like on stage. I just believe I'm the funniest person in the room at that time, and that confidence almost also allows you to to play the give and take better because I don't try to bowl over an audience member. If the if the guy in the audience says the funnier uh, the funnier thing in that moment, I'll repeat what he said for him. Sure, and I watch Patrice You're do things like that too. Incredibly generous like that, but I'm, but I want to I want to just go back to this thing because what. So I, I do understand how, like, what I was going to say is I would watch you do this thing, and I do understand that back then you had scaffolding that you've intentionally removed for yourself to make it more alive and more pure in a way uh, because you're trying to get to this sort of, like, ineffable level of funny, right? You're trying to get to this this sort of, like, most pure, almost, like, platonic idea of what's funny. Right. Uh, be, because for you, somehow, th- that. That's the only thing you truly are value. Like you value in a club, right? You 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 don't you devalue the the. It seems to me, like the joke construction people, or or you just it's not something that you. No 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 no, it's you, not not that at all. Because what, what's funny is like it's so like. Uh, I when I went on tour with those bands, I'd watch bands do this. Yeah. So I was very curious, like their critiques of other bands. Especially what was cool was because I became very friendly with, uh, Two Cents, this band that was the support act on the Corn tour I did, right. and it was just. Them and Corn mm-hmm. and me. That was the tour yeah, traveling. Out with all these people. I remember, but there I've was local it, yeah. openers at every venue. The first venue was always local openers, and uh, I'd watched them with the, with that band Two Cents. It was interesting watching working grinding bands 
discuss other bands and like the critiques and the, and the plus and the bad from them. And it was just like, you know, believing them was a big compliment that I always thought was interesting. They'd go, uh, I'd go, what do you think of that band? They were a little like weird and that music was kind of shitty. And they were like, yeah, but I believed them. Like they believed what they were doing. Authentic- uh, and, uh, authenticity. And that's a real thing. Like uh, me and Kurt Metzger, one of my best friends in the world, couldn't be... You know, me, him, and Kev kind of came up together, and Kev took off and, and and got wildly famous. And Kurt is like, you know, a very highly respected writer now, and performer. You know, and uh, and well, I watch Kurt like me and Kurt do nothing similar on stage, and I respect what he does. Like the fact that he he calls me like you know, same as Attell will call me a lot. Like, hey, do you have any joke about you know? The black asp snake is able to get up on its like tail and stand six feet tall like a human being to bite your face, and I'm like, no, I mean, I've never heard anything like that before. You know what I mean? Like a tail calls with similar like jokes that are all, and I love their process, and I'm I'm so intrigued by it, and I'm, I I envy it. I well, respect what it. They, you mean you're saying you don't think they're calculated? They just do what they do, and they no, they are it. calculated. They sit and Kurt sits and writes jokes. You know what I mean? Like uh, David Tell sits and writes jokes. Those guys do it, and they do it so great. It's just not what I do and it's so it's why it's so so I, my point being I respect it so much actually that Kurt watched me I looked over and saw him and his girlfriend were watching my set at the, I mean Kurt I mean, I mean I've, I've yelled at Kurt right, Kurt's yeah. yelled at me we've been in like just dude fights and right. arguments before but still when I'm watching him I'm thinking in my head very, by the way when I get on stage, most of the time, comics file in the room. Young comics, whatever. And I, and I love that's the ultimate compliment for me. Yeah, I, I don't, mean, I don't mean to say no like, question about it. Everyone watches you. I, the staff when they, I love the, everybody. That, that's watches where I saw you. No Patrice and Attell get, and I, that means a lot to me. Um, when I see Kurt over there with his girlfriend watching me, I'm like, oh man, like Kurt thinks what I do is just bull because it's so unprepared, and he just sees me like. Oh, is Jay going to ask that lady if she's f***ed a black guy before? And it's like, I'm like, probably do. But it's like, it's what we get from that question that's going to be fun. But um, when I see Kurt later that night, this, this literally happened like last week. I see Kurt the seller that night. He was like, dude, he goes, that f***ing said stand up, man. Like, you were killing me. Dude. That's so great. And I'm like, oh, wow. And that means so. And when Attell compliments me. And Patrice said on a podcast years ago on the comics radio or something. like Yeah. Comic- comic whatever it was danny lobel's thing they asked him to name his top five comics in new york city and he made me number five and i think you couldn't think of anybody else but he gave his example that he goes i think on potential alone jay's gonna well be that like a but beat. that's true and by and the way was, i've had that was enormous I, to me i mean i think when gary goldman was uh in here he and your name came up he said similar stuff to what amy and i and i were saying but but to me it's not like um some judge when i say you know if jay worked harder uh and I can understand, like I said, I understand why that you go by, I play seven sets a night and I'm, I'm out there working and I've been chasing this thing. But I see um, a disconnect for you between where you think you should be and where you are. And so, like, that's the thing when you're like the radio could be the ticket. And I think that that's, sure, sure, sure. that's true. It's like if, you know, when I would be in this, this to finish this, this statement, like um, uh, when I would be in the clubs watching you and then follow you all these years and see how all the comedians think you're the funniest and all kind of think you're uh, that word potential, which is a very damning word. I know yeah. a miserable word to hear, uh, especially for people who had a hard time in school, like ever. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, right. And always heard, oh, he's so, but Jay's so smart. Yeah. He just, you know, apply himself. <laughs> Right, it's maddening. So you're like, I hate history. Right. How <laughs> can I do with that? Yeah. How can I? Um, but I also do wonder if you've told yourself that you 
because I would go and I would try to show people clips to say, let me tell you why this guy's the funniest guy in the world. And like, it's very hard to find a version of what you do. Sure, sure, sure. That anybody who's not standing in a room with you can feel because it is about this thing you create in a room. And I'm the thing that, that, that as somebody who's such a, a giant, you know, I've brought so many people to see you and I'm, you know, uh, I mean, one of my sons writes a passage, right? Was I said, all right, you're old enough. You can go watch Jay one night. I made my, remember I made my <laughs> yeah, daughter stay outside. And I was like, Sam, you can go in with Jay. And I mean, he'd known you for a while. And I was like, yeah, you can finally go and watch <laughs> Jay perform. Uh, I, you know, I do think you're, what you do is so great. But I, I, do, I, I, I do wonder if you've just told yourself that this is all, you know, you can't uh, write jokes like that. That it only is alive for you. You need the adrenaline the way a guy who has to ride a bike without a helmet. But but to say that, like, I know the value of having them. Like, like if I did an hour special tomorrow, it, w- it clearly wouldn't be crowd work, like TV show. I would have crowd work in it, without a doubt. But uh, but if but it doesn't matter. Like, I have, because I've never done a special, like an uncensored special ever, I mean, I have you know two hours of pure like a level filth <laughs> like to put out there and it's kind of the gripe i'm going through is like that's a, a great special title <laughs> yeah. have you used it ever no a level filth is a, a great title for your special i uh, but my team very much wants comedy central to be the place this is housed and by the way so do i like i uh you know one thing and maybe it's because of, of, of what you just described in me but like I'm still blown away by uh, people like, like, like Amy. Like, Amy's a good example of this, and I love Amy. It's no dig on her whatsoever. Uh, same thing I feel uh, with her. I'd say about Michael Che and and Pete Davidson and Kev was a much more closer person to me than this. And even Kurt, as Kurt gets things that become like you know six figure money and like that. Like everyone seems to have a very like. Uh, so blown away by it like everyone's got a very like yeah like this is the natural progression of what we do man like eventually we got to start making money and we become well known and we're blah blah you know what i mean like of course no i'm not going to do that for five thousand dollars that's a forty some thousand dollar job and they get it and they get these things that happen and it's like in my world like uh everything like maybe if it's even trivial stuff like still i'm, I'm very like taken back by it. So, so Comedy Central, if I was watching uh, Tosh.0 one night yeah. and the commercial for my hour special and, you know, you hear that Comedy Central voice like, you know, and yeah. this Friday at 1230, watch Big J Okerson's A-level film, you know. Yeah. Um, I think I get goosebumps thinking about that just anyway. And, and, and you know, Louis, Louis J. Gomez, who I do my podcast Legion Skanks with, um, some guy just randomly got a tattoo that I have on my arm here, the logo for our podcast. A guy's got a tattoo, and that made me smile. And then because that got posted, like seven or eight people last week have posted. They got it the same tattoo. Oh, that's also. awesome. And, it may, and it's ridiculous, obviously, to some degree, but it makes me smile because I'm like, I, I never lose that. And maybe it's childish or childlike, you know, sense of wonderment. But I, I, I know in my head, uh, I made this decision. Uh, very whimsically in Montreal when I was at the festival pitching my TV show. Right. Um, I got it like as a show of like this is a thing I believe in. I believe in this brand. Legion of Skanks and I do and it's become something. And so 
but I believed in it that I believed that it would become something and that name would would ring value somehow. That said, when it happens to even the the, the let's say the small level that it's at, where last week eight people got tattoos yeah. of the symbol that I drew in Caroline's green room one day, saying like this should be the name of the show, Legion of Skanks, and I drew it. And I go, oh, and the O for Legion of Skanks will be this face with the X over the mouth and the angry and it's drippy like it's paint or something. And I just drew that one day. And now seven people, eight people got that tattoo. And I, I still feel that like, wow. I'm, I'm always, so, so my point being, I'm always blown away. It's like, you know, Amy's got the, the ability to buy like, you know, New York palatial estates at this point. You know what I mean? And I'm like, uh, and, it's, and it just seems very like, uh, that's Tuesday now, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm going to fly all my friends to the Bermuda and we're going to do whatever because that's what I can yeah, do now. Yeah, yeah. And it, it seems very like, I don't feel like there's any sense of like, this is and, and that's how I feel. Even getting... You, you mean you think, well, but I wonder if that's just like... um, It's stupid. Well, no, yeah, I wonder you, if it's you, disempowered. You, no, but I wonder, because first of all, I, 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 don't, I don't get that hit off of uh, like Amy in particular. Like, I think... Amy... No, anyway, okay. oh, I, I, I thought she just feels very no, like No, I'm saying uh, something else. This is what's uh, going on. No, I think that, um, like, recently um, she was working on a sketch for her show, and she sent it to me to read. And, uh, uh, and um, yes, I know I tell everybody don't ever send me um, I mean, scripts or TV shows, but if you actually have a TV show and you're a friend of mine and you want me to read it, I'll read it um, and give you notes. No, but Amy sent me... I just think you should take Legion of Skanks and make it a show on TV because it's the funniest script you're going to ever read. That I can only promise you. Well, Jay, I'm not saying it's perfectly Jay, formatted. You do know, I mean, you do know if you ask me to... I sat in a room with you and listened to all the ideas and read your outline. I'm you know I'd read if you wanted you. me to. Oh, absolutely. But the flip side of it is I'll give you like actual notes. Tear it but, to shreds, dude. But, I'm just saying like... But yeah, but no, no. But I did... But Enjoyed the point is... Life. Wait, but I did do that. I did read your outline... Sit sure. with you, go through it, give you real notes. Mm-hmm. Oh no, no, no. I did you, do you, that. we met at Stamp New York. Yeah, and I mean, office. I did do that. I th- uh, you, it was uh, it was priceless help, though. Too. No, Absolutely. I'm saying I would always do that for you, obviously. But that, that's not the point. Um, but, and I hope you know that you could call me any time for that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. you could just text me, and I would show up. No, it's funny when someone said to me, they go, "Well, if he doesn't think you're working hard, look, like, why don't you give him a script?" I go, "I just want to give him a script. I, I, I can't believe I never even thought to send you the script before." But um, your leisure, yes. Uh, but but no, what I was going to say is, Amy clearly to me cares so much about doing the work. She wants to be great. Like, yeah, I think that absolutely. she's not owning, like, I think, yes, um, her financial situation may have changed and m- maybe uh, I can see, you know, maybe somebody who has, uh, when their financial situation changes like that, maybe the only healthy way to deal with it is actually not to let that become the thing that's so exciting and actually just still be like, how do I make this six minute sketch really funny? Yeah. And, and, and you know, w- uh-huh. because I wonder if, the dis- if it's a disempowering thought to you that like, oh, you don't want to become what, because here's the thing, right? You're... Th- 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 what I wonder when I see you is like, okay, everybody knows this dude's like the smartest, funniest guy in New York. It's been that way for a long time. And I, I, I wonder what the thing is that you tell yourself that holds you back from, and maybe it's a shorthand to say work harder. And what I meant by that very specifically was like, write more, a very specific thing, like write an act that you could go on at 10 o'clock, write an act that you could do a half hour that would then get you to a place where there are all com- more people know who you are and are but that's happened. to see you. But I'm saying, but that's, I did my half hour in Comedy yeah, Central. No, I, to, to, for them to offer me another one, I would say no to it. It's just a waste of time for yes. me. Yes. Although I, somehow I, that half hour, the hard part is that half hour doesn't somehow 
you know, you work what I do? Oh, capture, no, not that, at all. Th- that's what I'm saying. Like, I think the hard work. Okay, mm-hmm. here, I can now I can drill down on what my shorthand was. Sure. Uh, to me, and I'm just a, a, just a, a, a guy. I mean, my, it doesn't mean anything. But to me, uh, the hard work would be for you to somehow synthesize the thing that you get off on doing. Mm-hmm. In pu- and, and synthesize that with certain conventions of the form, like going up with with an act that has an, an arc and a build to it, and that is, you know, something that somebody could film in in a way that would, you know, would would finally put on tape. Yeah, why but people love you? Maybe that's recording. By the way. 25 shows somehow and picking the best well, it's like your album you just the album is that, that's 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 simply two shows and it's it's pretty much one show with i think six minutes from yeah, something the else the clo- by the way the album hadn't come out when i'd had that conversation with you but the album's the closest yeah. to that yeah no it is it is absolutely and and the thing is it is what, what i ha- i've got some material at the ass and i said the, the difference is where i don't operate well when i go do conventional Mike Vecchione type, Kurt Metzger type writing, and these guys are great writers. Yeah, which is the let's just for argument's sake say the sit down at a Starbucks. I'm going to take. A, I think Soder's even given advice recently to someone who said something. It's somebody regurged to me that was Soder's like, just write for an hour a day, man, and at the end of the week you see what you got, and as you know, maybe there's stuff you keep, maybe there's stuff to expand on, or maybe stuff like that. And I go, I do that, but not. By going to Starbucks or just forcing myself to sit in a room because I don't operate good. You that do it on way. stage. I don't operate good that way. I just go on stage and I work. And then by the third time, I'm able to. And that's the beauty of. I think one thing I always found funny in comedy, even pretty young, was when I'd have like you know, just for arguments that you know, we'll say like a, some bestiality joke, and then a joke about like you know, having an argument with my mother about something, and they're like, you know, how do you swing from one joke, one thing to the other there? And I never thought that was an issue. I think I got that from always watching like a tell, like segues, like be like, just change the subject. Wait, I just want to, I want to go back to this for one second because what I wonder about is like, it's, I can hear you talking now and the thing you sort of tossed off earlier about being, you know, you're like a manic and I'm anxiety, whatever, whatever that stuff is. But um, there are artists who are able to take real ownership over being on the margins they want to be on the margins or they feel like they want to make people do the work of getting all the way there but uh, when i sit with you sometimes there's a def you sometimes can get into like almost a defeatist place sure and uh and that's where it's almost like you're the thing people read i think on you who know is like you're your own your disappointment in yourself in a way yeah absolutely i mean so i think that's what i so that's i think what people around you like if you were like dude all i want is to be playing at midnight to whoever happens to get it and the rest of the people can themselves but it seems like there's this there's a there's a uh a tension between the fact that you're sitting there with bob and 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 what are their names bob and tom and you're sitting there with bob and tom and some the 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 guy who doesn't care about this stuff would have just said, you guys are douchebags and would have taken the show over and been Big J Okerson. But sure. like some part of you still was protecting something. I was protecting working at that club and not having that chick be like, you know, well, Jay's not going to work crackers anymore because 
where I'm at in comedy and the way it works. I, I don't have I don't have a writing job. I don't have things like that. So my right. money in my income, if I want to make more than, you know, I, I hustle my ass off in town to make like decent money here in New York on a weekend. I go on the road because when I go on the road is when I get like you know double that money to go on the road. You know, yes. to, to go on the, and so that's how I I have to make money. So I don't want to lose that because my daughter you know is now in school that costs. Uh, you know, hundreds yes. of dollars. Of course, a month. and you have She's to in, do yeah, it. So I got to do all these things to, to make money, and, and and there's a hustle and an overhead on that. Also, that reason is the same reason, and I could have, and I, I chose not to do things where it's like I didn't go when I was 22 and 23 and 25, even years old and funny and young and funny, and go to LA and be like, I'm going to couch surf and I'm going to go do pilot right. season, like. I no, just I couldn't, have, I, mean, I couldn't I couldn't have, I couldn't I couldn't have made no I couldn't have made no money for the summer and or I couldn't have made I couldn't have gone out to LA and made no money for February because my my no daughter yeah, yeah daughter. exactly so it's like that that was a difficult thing but I also think it gave me an excuse to kind of just stick and kind of do the thing I wanted to do like I said before which is fine and maybe my goals should have changed but like but almost to go uh I don't want to get too far away from what we were saying, though. About get the, as far uh, away as you want. <laughs> what do you want to say? Well, the idea with the, with the material thing is what I just want to say was that I do have like tons of material. I just come about it like a different way. And and with the late night thing, that's what I'm saying. I I, I find that to be interesting. Where you like have a an, uh, an act that you you could do, write the jokes, you could perform for eight and ten o'clock. But uh, when I do uh, seven shows, when I do seven shows in a thing. I'm closing yeah, of the course 7 o'clock show, are. the 8 no, o'clock show, another place. And in New York, for sure. I, I think, uh, but I do 8 o'clock yes. shows on the road, too, yes. and, and they go fantastic. It's not, it's it's a matter of like, and I'm still not, you know, I have like 30% of each crowd now on the road is my crowd, and the other 70 is like, you know, showed that's, up. I mean, that's awesome that there's that there there's 30%. Absolutely. And by the way, I... T- that's almost my point of kind of going back to what I was saying. Then why like, do you think? Because you know the thing that I said. I, 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 take it, I take it. So every time I see 30% of the crowd, I'm like, wow, well, man. Like, that's when, awesome. when they said, are you guys ready for your headliner? And I feel for the first time genuine like, oh, shit, man, he's going on stage. That's so cool to me. Yeah, I, I take that. I, I, I mean, my, my thing about Amy isn't an insult. It's almost I'm impressed with how like they're like, uh, yeah, I've got over a million dollars in the bank. <laughs> like, it's like, I, I can't even wrap my brain around that, which, again, is, is, is almost the problem. At, at 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 I guess it's turning out I've been doing comedy about eighteen years. Right. In eighteen years of comedy, man, like the D, I, I'm not going to give any kind of numbers here. From the, what the deal was, at its least flexible for radio, at its least flexible to do anything else in the world, was a number that, without exaggeration, Pete Davidson, a twenty year old kid. You know Pete, right? I know who he is. I don't know him, but I know everyone but, but, talks about him. I know exactly Pete who he Davison, is. Pete Davidson, yeah. Michael Che, however long he's been in comedy, Amy Schumer. It's a number that they would laugh at. Possibly all of them would be able to go, dude, if you need that amount of money, that I'll bad, give it to here's you. that whole sum of money right now. And the fighting that went through to, to be at that number, to where it's at now, it's just like, I do. I look at it as like, financially, what me and Soda are going to be able to do on radio is going to be... Uh, I, I don't use this in any kind of like like throw off of a term either. I mean this. It's going to be epic. It's going to be awesome what we're able to do on that radio together. Me and him are going to make funny that's going to be pull over your car funny. And you're saying that to you still is the thing that drives the bus. That's what the thing you- that drives the bus, but I'm saying, but like, uh, it, it's, it makes me almost emotional now to say it's like, it, it bums me out that at 37, 
uh, that amount of money like, was so like, ah, now we're not getting it. It's like, man, I'm totally. You mean you're not getting it because you guys haven't made the deal? No, I mean that money is not on the table anymore. Why? Because oh, the, the deal's changed. The deal's just changed. To, to, for, no, and for, I see you're getting emotional for, because you yeah, want for the this. the stipulations so- that we have to do. I got it, because it's yeah. restrictive. It's too restrictive. They own too yeah, much of yeah, your yeah, lives exactly. if you accept that. Too. But I see you getting emotional, getting teary-eyed. And, uh, but, 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 Queer. No. <laughs> no. Uh, um, first of all, uh, don't use queer that way. But second of all, uh, because, because uh, there are a lot of- It's the biker in me. Yeah, I understand. But, but, but you're getting teary-eyed because you want to do the show or because you can't believe you're at a place where that money matters still? <laughs> yeah. I think it's the money. Yeah, it's like the fact that I, uh, that yeah. I don't want to say the money. I keep almost saying it. And I, what should I use instead of queer? Um, yeah, it's a bummer, dude. Like, yeah, well, I don't know. You could use like wimpy, sissy. No, I think now you're still verging into territory that uh, uh, old stereotypes. But no, but I know what you mean, Jay. Well, if I'm crying on air, should we at least have somebody protesting outside my anti-gay speech? Yeah, we. That should. guy's full of hate. No, and I see that you're. Uh, I I see the the. The tears, and and I think that that's what your friends. It's the frustration of knowing how gr- that you're great that leads people to go. You know what? Maybe it's just the easy answer. Well, if Jay would work harder, I'm sure that's doubly frustrating to you because you're like, I'm doing what I can do. Right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But go oh, yeah, we're on camera. Yes. No. Absolutely. It's um. I'm saying, yeah, dude. It was like the whole thing was like it's embarrassing. It's like when I, when we were told that that was a deal we were gonna do, and we were like we we're basically going like, yeah, we're gonna figure out how to make this deal work. Like, I told, you know, like, my mom, like, hey, this year I'm not going to have to worry about, like, every... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dude. First of all, Jay, we can we can stop if you want to stop. Um, but I, I will say that uh, that I can understand why you feel frustrated. And, and I think that's at the root of what people who care about you feel, which is that you're... You know, people don't toss words around like genius very lightly. And by the way, it's never easy to be a genius, right? Because you're pushing your – it's not easy to be a guy going out on stage with nothing prepared because you feel like your art demands that you walk that high wire. And I guess you feel like that's not noted for the work that it took to get there. I mean, I don't know, on a base level, too, it's just like, I've said this before on podcasts or radio shows, too, where it's like, I just watched, like, I watched the staff, like, watching the staff, like, be, like, eye-rolly at a comic, because they hear the same guy say, you know what I mean, the same over and over again, it makes me like, a, like a, oh, man, like, what if, like, if I'm on stage, and a waitress is like, uh, oh, here comes the old, you know, old lady with a black and a shawl thing again, no. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, man, no, I want them to all be like, what is this lunatic gonna say uh, yeah because that's what you that's what you you care about you want to be great i mean you're talking about the fact that you want to be great on your own terms and it's painful to you that your own terms might be financially restrictive to you yeah sure absolutely yeah yeah my bank account is upsetting usually right i'm (laughs) saying and and, and that and that and yet you're you is it you're unwilling to like you're unwilling to, 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 or don't know how to do a different way of doing, doing what you do. 
But what, like, what different way? Like, what do you mean? Like a different way, like in the business sense of it, or like the actual action sense? Of it? Because, because the thing is, like, if it's going for like because a, the business is all le- because because to look at that stuff even emotionally, play- it's all leverage. Like, like the sure. money piece of this is all leverage, right? It's like the artist has to the the corporations will always look to get you for the least amount of money. Of course, yeah, always, no matter what. Right, so it's, they're going to look to get you for the littlest amount that they can get you for. And you have to have the leverage in terms of them wanting you in order to get more. Sure. And so the question is, if, you, if the money, because you have this, a daughter and you have responsibilities, the tension for you is that to to do something that would immediately create more leverage or to try to or to try to change your act it's not that's the one thing you hold sacred right that you won't change well she you know it's funny when i when we started to uh, keith robinson who was my first quote unquote like kind of mentor that pushed i mean i guess it wasn't my i had people in philly that i looked up to you know people that i would say are like laughably bad now Without saying names or people who at first, I was just you know when you you know when you start even though you still have that thing where you're like wow, that guy gets up there he's not nervous or nothing like he was just like yeah, he was just confident. eating a slice of pizza two minutes ago now he's on stage I guess he's not consumed by what's about to happen up there and like holy shit, is this gonna go good like he just went, but the first person who took like interest in me to like uh, really selflessly for the most part, I mean you know got him company and like you know kind of gave him. Uh, some purpose, I know, which I get that because as a, as a person who's been like, who's tried to shepherd and help people along myself in comedy, like younger comics who I've become friends with. Sure. Guys like Dan, by the way, who credits you tremendously with sure. helping him become great. Sure. And then, uh, you know, like Keith Robinson took me and Kurt and Kev, but, but really put his effort into me and Kev. You know what I mean? Whatever reason, that was a connection there. And started bringing us up here. You know, uh, he was very like, they used to bust my balls all the time about, uh, oh, Jay's getting nervous on stage. He's going to push the porn button. They say I start going dirty right. when I get nervous. And uh, it's not it, – they're right. But what's funny about that, it's not a simple like, uh, oh, I'm nervous. Let me do jokes about – what I go is when I was writing jo- – when I was forcing myself to write jokes like, so my mom's always busting my chops. Right. Like that's for – I'm going, well, that's not the funniest. That's not why I started doing comedy. It was be funny. I was funny around my friends because I'd, you know, I'd call some dude a <laughs> clam and whatever. And they'd all laugh like, what a funny thing to call a guy, a dumb clam. And they'd go, well, you're funny. I was the funny dudes. So they were like, go be that funny up there. And I and, – Right. And, and by, the way, tension, by the way, by the way, it took but, years and years and years the, to get to that kind of funny again but, on stage. Well, Right. But isn't that isn't the? It's funny. Like, um, there's this phrase sometimes. And I, I may I may get it wrong, but you know, Tony Robbins says, which I think is smart, about uh, you know, if you're if you're feeling this frustrated, Jay, that you're crying because uh, you're, you know, you're this 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 deal to do this thing that you love comes at a price that's m- m- miserable. It's like. You know, you either have to change your, your your circumstance or your expectations. The price is miserable. To do the thing we want, the price is miserable. The price is just – it's just, one, it's taking a long time to get out. Two, when I said when I, when I said the embarrassment of, like, telling of course. important people and, you know, key elements of my life, like, hey. We're going to be okay. Let's not worry about this. I yes. mean, I did things like – this sounds stupid. It's such a trivial thing, but it's uh, – 
I use this example because it was the one thing I did where I was just like, I remember a decision made fully on like, whatever, uh, in my apartment where I live now. Yeah. We had two, an air conditioner in the living room, air conditioner in the bedroom. Uh, both of them were just kind of funky. You know what I mean? Like there's pl- cracked plastic on the yeah. one and the thing. It was just kind of old. It probably used a lot of electricity. It was these old guzzlers. They're just kind of there. And, uh, when we got them, I was like, man, like, this is, it's a pretty small apartment I live in. And it was kind of like, where do we put these? And we had places. We're like, you know, we could put them. But I was like, you know what? Let's not even eyesore them, like, above the cabinets. I go, toss these shitty old things. I go, by summertime next year, like, I'll go, we'll go buy two air conditioners the same day at Best Buy and get ones that have timers so they go off. You know, whatever it is. Like, And by the way, we're talking about, like, what, what is that? What is that really? $300 yeah. <laughs> purchases, which, which I will be able to do. Does that make sense? Either way. But I did it with the a cavalier thing. Of when like, I make purchases, like when I make three hundred dollars purchases now, there may like, I I I bought four uh, hooded sweatshirts. Yeah. this winter, that's what I bought this winter for clothes. I've had my jeans patched thirty times because they fit. You know, I'm a big guy; they fit. They're comfortable. They yes. look good on me. So I, I, it's a pain in the ass buying new. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I I'm not extravagant on myself at all, in any way. Which is thank God because I don't have the means to be. But I just very rashly told everybody. I mean, like, well, the embarrassing thing about it was I, I told the story very specifically to my mother and my grandmother. My grandmother had a big part of raising me. So I told them both uh, the story that this reverence of, like, uh, so here's how this started. We and Soder went and we started doing this test. And we did some podcasts at his house. We thought we had to do a great job. We end up on this. We get this radio shot here, where I was treated kind of like a jerk off on the first radio deal with the special right. guest thing, whatever like that. It, it was yes. very clear to me. This is all thing was about Soder, and Soder was fighting for me to be Soder. Involved. But clearly, your friend very, Dan was very, our friend very Dan embar- was wanted you as his partner. Beautiful on his part, very embarrassing on my end. But I did it because I was like, you know what, the product will be something that's worth it. They'll see the value in me through doing this, which I think they did to some degree. Um. Uh, we're going to move forward with the show. I, I don't. I don't think it's equal parts. They're into the both of us. I think they want to be in the Dan Soder business, and Jay Okerson comes along with that in this regard. If Soder said, "I want to walk away from radio," I don't think there's a radio deal on the table for me. Now, I I, I say that in the world we're in right this moment here. Yes, I do actually believe Sirius XM satellite radio would give me a deal with that Soder. I do, but I think I've made them through the Ron and Fez. I built my own. You've done it now. Thing there to get to that place. But in this world we're at right now, if, this deal, if Dan Soder walks away from this deal, this deal will be over. And that's fine. I, I have no problem with that. But it's just like uh, – but in telling that story, I said, you know, we did these six test episodes, blah, blah, blah. They went, then they came back to us with this number, and they said, but it was this kind of freedom to do. And, and we were both – me and Soder both, by the way, that first number, we were both like, okay, man, let's just do it. Right. My people were like, yep. Uh, Soder people were like, eh. You know what I mean? They pulled the brakes net. And they were right. They're absolutely right. There's never – not any dig on them at all whatsoever. And they – so they said they came back with like the number kept shooting up and up and up. And then so, it's, you know, I say this thing to – I'm talking to the people like, and now I we were just offered a blah, blah, blah for X amount of money. And, you know, I said this isn't money that makes – I'm not going like mom pick out a house. Not even sort of. It's just going simply – at the end of the month, I won't be looking at uh, $140 to my name. That's tough, man. <laughs> it's tough at 37. No, it's brutal, Jay. And knowing that you're able to walk into a room and make people laugh anytime you want to. Knowing you have that 
ability and that you do it all the time, uh, I can understand why it's frustrating. And then I can understand why, you know, in the same breath that we're saying you're a genius, we're saying, oh, may, you know, in a way, just reducing it and simplifying it. So I'm sorry that uh, that added to your, like, horrible day. A horrible yeah. month. Uh, I, I, you know, I, would, I mean, I hope was, you know. Nothing in me was going like, couple. No, I mean, I hope that you, I mean, over the years, you've certainly known the regard in which I hold I also you. know, I, you know, absolutely, yeah, that's what I'm saying, absolutely. And there was, I said it before, like, the, it, when someone says, uh, what were you upset about by that, I go, oh, look, 99.5% of that conversation was going like, Jay's great, the best. I'm never standing like, I mean, like, so it's like, it did kind of, you know, like, Soder's, Soder told me to listen to it for the exact right reason. He goes, no, dude, you want to feel better about yourself? Listen to Amy and Kaufman say how great you And then that's what I was like, yeah, then I mean, so they were saying I, I don't work hard at all. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, like I should have said that part, I guess. <laughs> well, the, 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 listen, I think that that narrative is um, one that's followed you and I think probably um, unfairly. And I'm, uh, you know, like I said, I'm sorry for anything that, that in any way that I, I can in- contributed to that. I will say... That um, that I had so many other things I wanted to ask you about that we can do this again and and sure. uh, and we can go through it like uh, you know you did if people want to know about you I, I want to say that Mark <laughs> Maron did this <laughs> incredible interview where you really told great stories about uh, coming up from from Philly I'm gonna have Keith Robinson on here because oh, right. he's been so instrumental in so many people's so journey much. and I know oh, he yeah, yeah, really yeah. helped helped you with yours um, I will say that. Um, Absolutely, sitting here and 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 crying like your daughter uh, skinning her knee definitely does get me to read your script. Like, <laughs> if like the whole thing was a put on and you've got glycerin drops in your eyes, then uh, burn. Bravo! I, 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 I had to use those on. Uh, bravo, Mister uh, Okerson, because you pulled that off. Listen, Jay Okerson is on Twitter at. At Big J Okerson. At Big J Okerson. Legion of Skanks is a hilarious podcast. He is a genius, and I don't use that lightly. I think I called Gilbert Gottfried that as far as comedians it's go. It's very funny to uh, all this talk about like how funny I am. Like, this has been the most tragic podcast ever. Tears. You haven't told the joke. You haven't made me laugh no, once, nor the people time. listening. Nope. They would think you're not a comedian. Uh, that's, but you know what's amazing? That's, and it's true. It won't be for hours now, but I mean like... If stand up New York around the corner right now was like it's like hey you run up here we need you real quick do a thing like I can go do it like right now it's like you that's, go that's, that's, well, not, I, that's not my that's, that's so weird man it's, 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 I, it's I mean the difficulty I didn't get this. to the thing I'm so interested in and I wanted to really talk to you about but we got off on this whole thing was Sorry, you know because as you know I'm interested in like the way remarkable people process these moments and I'm so interested in how you do the thing you do how you got to the place where you can just go on stage with nothing because I I, I will say for the people uh, listening that. If you see that Big J is coming to town, go. And, uh, and, and Jay, I want to say this. If, if someone comes up to you somewhere and they've listened to you on this show and they say, because I want to say this, you can say to Jay, talk about X, and he'll get up there and talk about it without sure. any preparation. So just say you heard him on the moment and be like, and yo, dude, is it really true? <laughs> I want to talk about this and that you'll give it a shot. Sure. Because I've done it with you. I've stood outside clubs with you and you've said, tell me what to talk about. And I've said something really like just that doesn't seem like it could possibly be funny, you know, like a broken guitar string or something. And you'll go up there and you'll be like, hey, anyone ever break a guitar string? And you'll just, uh, just try, yeah. somehow make it funny. And um, 
And that's an incredible gift, and, and I do know that you worked very hard to develop that gift. Yeah. <laughs> goes, you work super hard, and you're great. And, and Wouldn't it be awesome if later you went on another podcast and you were like, I'm trying to talk to Kalman, and he's looking around the room. He's not even paying attention to me. <laughs> hey, what's Kalman's deal? I've never treated so rudely. He won't look at me. He won't make eye contact. Oh, man. Well, we made this one dramatic. We did. Thanks for listening. I'm at Brian Koppelman on Twitter. Um, you can tell me that I wasn't fair to Big J, um, but I, I hope it's clear that I love the guy and, and thank you. It was very clear to me. I want to say for the record, it was very clear to me that you. That's why I said I didn't come here. There was nothing about me. It was like F- uh, Brian Koppelman. I was just kind of like uh, I just I said I just felt like I, I, and I said before it, it touched a nerve because I think I've gotten that dig before, where it's kind of like well if you just work hard. I was like I was like but the thing I want to do I work hard at definitely. You know what I mean? Right, I just want to leave you with one thing. Work harder. <laughs> right, thanks. Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes. Or go to grantland.com and click on podcast.